good morning, everybody. Oh, one more time. Good, good morning. How, how, about, how about in Espanol? That's Buenos Dias. All right, very good, very good. Well, will you one more time, uh, where'd Tony Jr. go? I don't know. He probably went back with the band. But anyway, will you one more time, we didn't do this justice earlier, will you make Tony and Tony Jr. feel welcomed in our country, in our church, in our home? Amen. Come on, come on. Okay, I'd like to invite Tony and Elvia to the stage and Mike Galvin. So let me introduce just briefly who each of these are. Most of you know Mike. He's our missions team leader and does a great job with that. And uh, he is the, the, the first connection that we've had with Tony. And he'll talk about that in just a moment. But um, Elvia, um, in fact, if we have, Brian has some pictures, I think. If we have our picture of Tony and his family, I'll introduce them. So one more. Next picture. Actually, I think Skip. Yeah, there we go. There's Tony and his wife, Fatima, and Tony Jr. next to him, and then Giselle and, and Harrison. Harrison. And, uh, and uh, anyway, and they live in Juarez, and that is their home, and Mike can tell you a little bit more about it. But the beginning of that home was a very small 11 by 22 or something like that. And then they have added on to that many times to do all kinds of neat ministry and all of that. So anyway, Fatima could not be here, um, nor the other two children, but we want to welcome them. And then sitting next to him is Elvia, whose husband Carlton is in the room somewhere, I believe. Where's Carlton? Where are you at, Carlton? There he is, back back there. There he is with his... Uh, they've got th three children, right? Did I say that right? Three as well, Yeah. Had to think for a moment, and uh, we're thrilled to have her helping out in terms of translating as well, Ramiro, who helped earlier as well. So um, those are the different pieces of, the, we got a lot of moving parts today. In addition to that, I'll introduce you to somebody else in just a moment when he comes up, but um, we want to begin by just uh, letting you know a little bit more about Tony's story. So I'm going to hand the mic to, to Mike, and Mike is going to take the mic. There we go. How's that? And uh, tell us a little more. So go ahead, okay. Mike. Okay. Um, so I'm going to try and do this justice, about two hours worth of testimony from Tony in about three minutes. So um, Tony first came to know the Lord when he was 31 years old. And probably like some people in this room, he had a pretty rough past. He was involved in gangs. He had a pretty severe drug addiction and alcohol addiction to the point that his health was failing. And um, his father died. Um, his family was Catholic. And he went to his father's funeral um, and he was just confused and angry at God because he didn't understand how his family could extend forgiveness to a man that really was rough on them and was not a very good father. And that was the beginning probably of God speaking to Tony for the first time in that church. And at one point he wanted to kind of lash out at his family and he said that God closed his mouth and he said, pay attention. And so over the next couple of months, you know, like many times for us when we have a hard heart, things get worse and worse and it got to rock bottom. It got to the point for Tony that he decided, you know what? I've got my wife, Fatima, and my young son, Tony, but you know what? I don't want to be a father anymore. I don't want this. And he was ready to leave his family. But like God orchestrates things in our lives, he, uh, Fatima had become a Christian a few months before that, and the family had had a celebration of a quinceanera, 15-year-old birthday for one of the girls in the family. And that Sunday, she decided to invite Tony to church. And so a lesson for you wives, maybe sometimes that are thinking, boy, my husband's hard or stubborn, you know, she took that risk and she went out there with her husband and she invited her husband to church that Sunday. Yeah. And that Sunday was important and that 
for church for service was important because that Monday, Tony was planning to leave his family. He had dropped his family off with some friends. They were staying there, and he had a plan. He said, I'm going to leave. And so that Sunday, he went to church, I'm guessing out of guilt, because he felt like, you know what? I'm going to leave my family. The least I can do is go to church. My wife asked me to. But on that Sunday, he stepped into God's church, and he stepped in the first time to a Christian church, and the Lord spoke to him, and he saved him. And he healed him of everything. He said in that moment, he said it wasn't down the road. He said at that moment, he cut the ties with alcohol, with drugs, with his, with his addictions, and all those things, and he healed him. And from that moment forward, Tony became a Christian, and he, and he served after the Lord, and he went after the Lord. But things weren't easy, just like for us when we were Christians. It, did, it didn't just all fall into place, and they struggled, and they lived in homes, from pallet homes and abandoned shacks. I won't even call them homes. Just make-do vehicles sometimes, wherever they could live. And Tony really kind of cried out to God and said, you know, God, why are you providing? Your word talks and says that you'll provide, but I'm not seeing this provision. And I would really like a home and some shelter to stay in. And so that's where the ministry that we've had an opportunity to work with, with Casas Por Cristo came into play. And so he filled out an application and he took that to the person. And the person said, look, Tony, here's your application. But here's 1,500 applications in front of you. And reality is, is that's four years. They told him 18 months. But at the time, the ministry was building about 400 homes a year. So that's four years he'd have to wait for a home. So Tony kind of left and went, well, oh, well, four years, you know, we'll just continue to live in things. And two months later, God provided and moved that application to the top. And I truly believe that was God's provision in that. And so that's where my story gets to kind of jump in with my brother Tony's, is that we had the opportunity to go down with the church just like we've done here in the church, and we had an opportunity to build a home for him. That little home you see in the back corner, the very back corner of it is all that's left. He's built around it. He's added in. But God took Tony's skills as a construction worker, and he added on to that house. And they, and he, but things were still kind of tight for Tony, and they were still tough. And so Tony was trying to figure out, you know, Lord, I'm still struggling. Things are still tough. And for seven years, he prayed and he went. And one of the people that he prayed for, um, sorry, I'm getting the story confused. But he, out of faithfulness, he started saying, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And, and he read through God's word. And in God's word, it talked about in Ecclesiastes 11, about him uh, being faithful and sowing and being faithful to just sow his crop and trust God in that. And in that, he said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that into action. And so he came home one day after working with just enough money to pay their bills. And Fatima came to him and said, you know, we had a family come by today and they needed food, but I had to turn them away because we had nothing. And he said, you know what, he said, I'm going to put God's word into action. And though this money is the exact amount we need for our bills, we're going to go buy food for us and we're going to go buy food for this family. And we're going to be faithful with, with what God has called us to do and to give of our first fruits and give even when we don't know if God's going to provide. And when he did that, God started opening opening up the floodgates and showing them ministry and giving them opportunities. And their house became that little 11 by 22 house, became an opportunity and a beacon side of their community that people knew that when they had needs, they went to Tony's house and he would provide for them with whatever he had, sometimes not even having things, sometimes taking construction materials that we would give him to fix his house, selling them just so that he could buy food to continue to minister and help people and go without. And so he continued to do these things and serve with these things. And then God opened up for us again and gave us the opportunity to go down with this church and bring down um, food and supplies. And he shared from his heart and said, you know what? I want to do more. There's so much more inside of the community and people that are hurting and need their basic needs fed, um, fed and, to be, and to eat. And so he started serving out of his house. And so what you see back there is a two-story building now. You see children. They've added on to it. Most of us probably wouldn't add on to our homes with the sole purpose of doing church like this in it twice a week. 
So twice a week, Tony feeds between 30 to 60 children out of his home. They do special meetings. But I'll tell you, that home is open 24-7. There's almost not been a time that I've come and stayed and visited with them that the door hasn't, that someone hasn't knocked upon the door at all hours of night. Children sometime in need, running from maybe bad situations, family situations, gang violence, whatever it may be, and knocking on that door and knowing that that is a safe haven and a place that they can go where they'll receive Christ's love, where they'll receive food and shelter. And so it's just my privilege to uh, just get to serve with this gentleman. It's our privilege as a church that we get to have him here, that we get the opportunity to join and partner with him. And so I thank those of you in the church that have partnered out, those of you that support his ministry and do that because you're doing kingdom work. I can't tell you literally the hundreds of people that have given their lives out of that small little house and the little bit of ministry that he has. And so the lesson to us as a church is it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter if it's drug addiction, if it's, um, if it's alcohol, whatever your situation is, God can use you. God can take you out of that situation, and God can do mighty and great things through you. And so, I don't know, that's Tony's testimony as quick as I can make it. So, so, so we have a lot we would love to share with you that we can't go into all the detail. But um, And Mike did an amazing job of, of condensing an uh, hour and a half, two hour testimony that, that Tony shared in more detail with us the other night into that. There's so much more. And you'll have an opportunity this afternoon if you wish to come back. We'll explain that in a moment. And you might be able to hear some more and ask some questions then. Let me show you just real briefly. If you keep going with the next couple of pictures here. Um, uh, there's some of what happens in the upstairs where he meets and provides for children all the time. Keep going. Um, so oftentimes having a worship service, Tony Jr. will help with that or others. Uh, keep going then. And then we'll show you some pictures. So when we build houses, which we're not even going to hardly have time. We're not going to talk about that really today. Mike will talk more about that in the future as we put together trips. We've taken numerous trips over the last few years. But the houses look like this. Very simple. You get to go. You're part of it. Your contribution, just a few hundred dollars per person, helps pay for this house and builds it, all the supplies and everything. There's the finished. Well, no, that's before the stucco, but almost the finished product. Keep going. And uh, as the, we put on the roof, we put on the stucco, we put on everything, and there's the family in the middle of us. That's our group from last year and, and a family in great need, um, no, no man in the life, uh, in the home, but um, a family that is very common. A lot of times people do what Tony contemplated doing, and they do leave, and so a, a mom and children are left and just have to sometimes do horrible things to even survive, things that I would not say here in front of children, but terrible things just to not starve to death. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever said, um, man, I'm starving, and you know, you want to go eat, you know, I'm starving, I haven't eaten since like four hours ago, I'm starving, okay, we say that, but that's American starving. Uh, Mexican starving, or in many other places in the world as well, is different, and it literally can mean starving. And um, we have an opportunity, and we'll talk more about it in a moment, to help offset that here. It's being done in other places as well, as you'll hear. But I want to ask Tony if he would um, tell us one or two stories about the type of people that, that he is ministering to. Uh, let me say this much. We're going to do a food project this afternoon, and we'll tell you more about it in a moment. But before we get to that detail... Let me ask Tony to share one or two stories with Elvia's help. Um, um, how and 
who it is, the kind of people that, that he can help, and that, um, and, and when, he, when we say starving, these are people that are not just starving physically, but they're people starving spiritually that, that desperately need Jesus and hear about Jesus. I have watched children line up to talk to Tony with tears in their eyes and him as well as he hugs them and prays with them. And, and, and oh, by the way, let me give you some food. He does that too, but, but shares Jesus with them in a way that is just unbelievable. And then their mom and dad oftentimes follow as well. But it's an incredible scene. So with Elvia's help, I want Tony to tell us at least one or two stories of the type of people in his neighborhood that God uses him to help and that this food project we'll work on this afternoon can benefit. So Tony will say it in Spanish and Elvia can then explain. God bless you. Le doy gracias a Dios primeramente por la invitación. I thank God for inviting uh, us. Por su amor, por su misericordia. For his love and mercy. Este, por haberme rescatado de una vida tan difícil. For has rescued me. Por haber sanado mi corazón, life. mi cuerpo, mi espíritu. For have healed my heart, my soul, my spirit. Y nosotros le servimos a Dios con el corazón. We serve God with the heart. Mi, mi familia, yo, como dice Josué. My family and me, like mi casa yo serviremos a Jehová. My house and me will serve Jehová. Le doy gracias a Dios porque eh, tuvimos la oportunidad de conocer a, a Mike. Ha sido una fuente, una Mike. fuente de bendición, no nomás para nuestra familia, sino para muchas familias de Juárez. And they have been a blessing only for my family, no for a lot of families in Juárez. Yo le mandé unos videos a a, a Mike de de unas familias, I send Mike hay una familia que tiene seis, seis hijos, a that has six kids. están viviendo en una tapia, una they casa are, vandalizada. Yeah, they are living in an abandoned building. Ahí se metieron porque no tienen casa, ellos vinieron de Oaxaca. They came from Oaxaca, Mexico, and they didn't have a place to live. They went and lived there. Y este, eh, ellos llegaron a, a, al comedor. They arrived to the place we feed them. Y le doy gracias a Dios porque toda la familia esa está asistiendo a una iglesia. And we are very thankful with God because now they are uh, fellowshipping, they are in a church. Y ellos, y ellos este, no, nosotros a ellos les ayudamos con, con lo que podamos. Y, and we help pero them sobre todo les can. hablamos de Cristo. But mostly we talk to them about Jesus. Que ese es el tema principal de alcanzar a, la, a, a las familias. That is our main goal to reach families. También este te hay muchos casos, muchos casos que te que nos llegan niños violados. A lot of kids sexual abuse. Niños maltratados por sus propios familias. Mistreated by their own families. Niños que les han matado sus papás. Orphans because they have lost their parents. Their parents have been killed. Hay mamás que se han ido con otra mujer. Or Parents that have left the family Mucho dolor to go to en el niño. couples and a lot of pain in the children. Y nosotros lo que tratamos es de hablarles de Cristo para que Cristo sane sus heridas. What we try always is to tell them about Jesus that He healed their wounds. Este, la, ahí tenemos otro caso de, de una familia que son cuatro hijos. There is another family, they have four kids. A, a, a ellos le mataron su papá. The father was killed. Él estaba sentado en una banca de un parque. He was 
sitting in a bench in a park. A media cuadra de nuestra casa. Uh, like less than a block from our home. Que es su casa. That is your house. Y, y este quedaron cuatro niños huérfanos. And these four kids are orphaned now. Una esposa desesperada. And a very desperate wife. Cómo alimentar a sus hijos. She doesn't have the means how to feed their children. Y le damos gloria a Dios. And we give glory to God. Porque nosotros los ayudamos. Because we are helping. Y le damos gloria a Dios también. And we give glory to God. Por su apoyo de ustedes. For your support. Amamos a Cristo. We love Jesus. Y seguiremos trabajando para Cristo. And we will continue working for Christ. Gloria a Dios. Glory to God. <laughs> One more time. Gloria a Dios. Okay. Um, I wish, oh, I wish we had time to do church today the way we do when we're in Juarez, which is usually two or three hours, and you never have any schedule. You just kind of go with whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. But because we have a second service and we have children downstairs, we can't do that um, this morning. But um, um, I want to have Tony uh, explain something else in just a moment. But first, let me, let me do this. Uh, well, let me tell you this, just briefly. The f one of the families he's talking about, uh, Kim and I, along with Rod and Kim Hokert and their family, went down at Christmas time and um, spent some of the money that we normally would spend on Christmas gifts for one another. And we said, you know what, let's not do that. Let's go and, and share that with others in greater need than we've ever been in. And so we went, and one of the things we did was take some food to a family that Tony suggested that um, he was just talking about that, again, I, I can't really say it, but some terrible things they've had to do just to survive, to not starve to death. And he is witnessing to them and loving them and sharing Jesus with them in an incredible fashion. The man is as bold and as, and as articulate and, and direct with the love of Jesus as Billy Graham would be perceived in your eyes, in our eyes. What he does in his neighborhood is unbelievable. It is just incredible to watch. And so anyway, um, to meet the needs of that family and so many others in his area, um, we came up with an idea, and it, it, it was actually something that God led a man named Stan Sack to come and share. He's doing on a much larger scale. In fact, would you invite, would you welcome Stan Sack to the stage, and I'll tell you who he is as he comes forward. Stan is, is my good friend, and his wonderful wife, Ruth, is right here as well. They live in Colorado Springs. This church would not be here, probably, without Stan, without what God... You can have a seat there if you want. Okay. Without what God has done through Stan. He was the lead pastor at, at Sunnyside Christian Church, our mother or sister church, in a sense, down in Colorado Springs for 44, 5, 45 years. Don't want to shortchange that. 45 years, incredible um, uh, courage and, and longevity and faithfulness to the Lord, he and his wife together. And, um, and they have helped plant a number of churches, including Impact, which was formerly Woodland Park Christian Church. So we as a church owe a lot of gratitude toward uh, Stan, what God has done through Stan. So can you tell him thank you one more time? We wouldn't be here without him. And... And then, um, if I can, let me have that. Stan is going to 
uh, again, we're short on time, but briefly share with us what uh, we have a slide for Kids Against Hunger. I mentioned it last week, if we can get that slide back up again. And Stan's going to tell you just briefly what it is and how he came to appreciate and value it and, and then where we're headed with it from now moving forward. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here with you today. When I retired from full-time ministry at Sunnyside, uh, I took on leading our seniors group at Sunnyside Christian Church, and I wanted a service project for them to do. And I was visiting with my brother one day, and he said, Stan, you ought to do this. You ought to do Kids Against Hunger. And I had no clue what Kids Against Hunger was all about. But I began to investigate it and found out that this would be a great project for my seniors as well as the whole church, including children, to do. So uh, I got involved in Kids Against Hunger. And uh, I just want to uh, reiterate just a moment what Scott was uh, talking about. I don't know that you know, but every six seconds, a child somewhere around the world dies because of hunger and hunger-related diseases. Um, we don't know what starvation is. We have never starved. But there are people around the world that are starving to death because they do not have food. We eat generally three plus meals a day. They're lucky if they get one meal a day. And so we began packaging food to send around the world. And let me just show you here for a moment. We have two different uh, ingredient packages that we put together. This is our food that we send internationally. We've sent it to Haiti, to the Philippines, to Africa. Kids Against Hunger has gotten food into a refugee camp in Syria just this last year, uh, all around the world. And that formula there will literally bring children back, people back from starvation. One meal a day for about 60 days will turn a child's life around from starvation to being healthy again. And then we have this um, package of food that we've begun to pack. And uh, this is a, a domestic formula that we distrib distribute mostly in the United States or close by. So this afternoon, we're going to be putting together some of these packages of food called Latin rice. Each package of this food will feed six people. And it costs 25 cents a meal to put it all together and get it to where it's going. What an incredible uh, impact we can have on uh, people's lives who are starving. Scott, I hope I have just one more minute. Yeah. So, well, let me say this. So Stan has done this on a much larger scale. Um, now, including the two different types together, what, over a million? On December 12th last year, we packaged our one millionth meal. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. 
Let me tell you, uh, I know this picture is hard to see, and if you want to look at it up closer later, you're more than welcome to. I want to tell you quickly the story of this lady who lived in Ethiopia. She heard one day, hold up that one package of food there, that they were giving away food. And she had a family of six people in her family. She walked 13 miles to get a package of this food to feed her family for that day. But it happened to be her lucky day because they gave her a whole case of food and you can see she carried it home 13 miles on her head. And, uh, and it was just an incredible story how God provided for that lady that day. So um, I love doing what we're doing because, you know, in Matthew 25, Jesus said when we do this kind of thing, we're doing it for him. And I tell people all the time, when we package food, we're doing Jesus' work. That's right. Amen. And so, so the logistics are fairly simple. Here's the deal. If you can, we would love to invite you to come back and join us. We really need about 50 people, but we can use a lot more than that because others, uh, while we would only be able to use 50 at a time in the assembly line, which is really what we're going to do. Um, you've seen some stuff probably as you walked in there on the floor, uh, the, the raw materials that we will then mix together in an assembly line. Stan's got all that kind of detail. We'll set it up right after second service. And at 2 o'clock... Two o'clock, the hope would be that many of you, after going home and eating lunch, would come back and, and help provide lunch and, and more for people in Mexico. Uh, he talked about Indonesia, Africa. There are lots of places where he has been involved to send these meals to other places. We're just simply doing this. Um, we're going to make 10,000, now that's a huge number, but 10,000 meals um, for the sake of families and people in Juarez, close to Tony. And that he will then be able to take that and use that food to meet their physical need and then also share Jesus and the love of God with them as well over the next, it might take six months to deplete this, those 10,000 meals. Maybe he'll do it quicker than that. We don't know. Maybe even a year. I don't know. But um, the goal would be to have as many of you that would like to be involved to come back at 2 o'clock and help in that assembly line as it we don't just take the bags and send them. We, we mix it all together. There's a particular formula that Stan will actually help us figure out how to do. He'll give instructions. We'll create these. They are, they are sealed, and they therefore then have a two-year shelf life, and they will go down to uh, Juarez. So we would love to have your help. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Kids Against Hunger, with Stan's leadership, is making the cost. It's already 25 cents a meal, super cheap, super, super cheap. But they are cutting it in half and paying for half of that. So really, we only have to, as a church, come up with half of the money, which normally 10,000 meals is $2,500. Today, it's only going to cost us $1,250 to do 10,000 meals for the sake of all these people in Juarez that we're trusting the Holy Spirit to lead Tony to the right conclusions of who to give it to and how to help and all of that. So we need $1,250 today. And... and uh, we could, we could get to that number in a number of different ways. Last week I said that could be 50 people giving 25 bucks. That's one way to get to $1,250. Or it could be, you know, I, there are lots of different formulas in that context. Here's the, the bottom line. What we would like to invite you to do, there are two wooden 
um, boxes on the wall right behind you. As you walk out the center door there, they are on the left and right of that center door. They have a little picture of, of Mexico, and it says Mexican food. How many of you in the, in the room like Mexican food? All right. A lot of us like Mexican food. So do the people in Mexico. And some of them, some of them don't have very much of it. And we want to let them be blessed not only with food but with the love of Jesus that Tony will then continue to share with them and help them. And so if you would like to contribute and help in this way, whether it be at increments, I mean, if 50 people put in 25 bucks, that would fix it or, or whatever. So if you want to contribute to that, please do. Obviously, we'd love to have you come back and join us. You can contribute without coming back today at 2. And you can also, in reverse, you can also come today, even if financially you're like, you know, I don't really have anything to give, but I want to help with the process. That's fine, too. Come back then. We'll use 50 people or so at a time out there. The others will be in here. And with Elvia's help, we'll do some translating and some more Q&A, some questions and whatever with Tony about what's going on. And then we'll We'll kind of swap out and have a different group of 50 come in there and help do that. And it'll take about two hours, from 2 o'clock till 4 o'clock. That was a lot of detail, but I hope you understand what that looks like. All right, in our short amount of time, what time is it? Yeah, we need to be done in just a couple minutes. I want to ask Tony to share with us. Can we hand him? I want to ask Tony. um, Tony, when you were telling us your testimony the other day, you, you told us about a key moment when you began to pray with your hands open, and there was a point to that. I don't recall it, but can you, with Elvia's help, explain that story and let it encourage people, and then we'll close. When I received Jesus in my heart, I used to kneel on the altar and extended my arms. Opening my, my hands and tell him, Dame para dar. give me to give, para bless me to bless. Y yo sentía, and I felt me las manos, that he opened my hands y me ponía una and put a trade on my hands. Y a ver mucho fruto. And I started seeing a lot of fruit. Años and I saw that for years. And daily I used para to dar. pray, give Dame me to para... give. Bendíceme para bendecir. Bless me to bless. Y le doy gloria a Dios. And I give glory to porque God. Porque escuchó mi oración. Because he heard my prayer. Dios les bendiga. God bless you. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, all right. We're going to sing. I'm going to ask the band to come forward and, and they're going to sing. Would you stand with me? And would you one more time, you know, we've clapped because we're moved and we're thankful, but can we put our hands together one more time, but it's for Jesus. Glory adios, we worship Almighty God. As the band comes, let me lead us in a word of prayer. Oh, dear God, as Tony just said, Lord, we are blessed, and I pray you help us to be blessed so as to be a blessing to understand that you have given to us so that we can give to others. And whether it be with money or with time or, or in this case, food, um, and most of all with the message of Jesus, Lord, help us to recognize that we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. So thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name and know that you're here with us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you have given us so much more than we could ever 
ever need or, or deserve, at least for sure on this earth. But more than that, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus for an eternal life with you. And Lord, I pray that you enlarge our hearts and help us to want to share that truth with others as well. By me, maybe beginning by meeting their, their, their uh, need for food, but most of all by dwelling on and focusing on their need for Jesus. So thank you, Lord, in all these ways. And we pray that you can be honored and worshiped through this song and through the rest of our day, through all that happens this afternoon and this evening. And we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Let's sing.